Alright, recording on one and recording on two. What's up, everybody? It's uh, Americana, the American way with Big John. Find me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. And I uh, try to post links to the uh, information I'm sharing if it's from a news article. And I also, of course, post all these videos and podcasts on there, as well as other fun, fuck-happy, slap-happy information. Um, Old Sarah Palin, uh, bless her heart, is running for United States Congress. Wants to be the Congresswoman from Alaska. And she recently had... A runoff or primary versus Santa Claus isn't that special. <laughs> so let's get uh, for crying out loud. Let's look into this as soon as I stop getting alerts on my computer and see what she has to say. Here we go. Governor announcing overnight that she is running in the special election to fill the vacancy left by Republican Representative Don Young, who died last month after serving 49 years in the House. ABC's Karen Travers has more. Good morning to you, Karen. Good morning, Eva. Sarah Palin has been out of politics for nearly 13 years, but now she says she's jumping back in, and she is already shaking up the race for Alaska's only House seat. The former Republican vice presidential candidate writing on Facebook, public service is a calling, adding, America is at a tipping point. As I've watched the far left destroy the country, I knew I had to step up and join the fight. When John McCain picked her to be his running mate back in 2008, Sarah Palin was the governor of Alaska, but she was unknown to most Americans. She quickly became a political star. Despite losing that race for the White House and then stepping down as governor, Palin became a hero to what became the Tea Party movement. Mm -hmm. She helped to mainstream the populist strain of Republican politics that was later embraced by former President Donald Trump. In many ways, she blazed a trail for Trump and his outsider candidacy. Palin may have left office, but she remained in the public eye. She wrote some books, she made appearances on cable news, News, and she even starred in a reality television show. <laughs> and Sarah Palin's entry into this house race is already dramatic. The Anchorage Daily News reporting that on Friday, she was at the election office just before the deadline to file paperwork. And Palin is joining a very crowded field. There are more than 40 candidates running in this special election. Geo. All right, we'll see what happens. Karen Travers, thank you. Okay. I thought we were here from Sarah herself. I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. Whoa. That was Liz Bo Cheney starting to talk there. So, <coughs> so old Sarah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, good old Sarah Palin is back in politics. Uh, I think she will be the representative uh, for Alaska. Uh, they only have one congressional seat, uh, which is interesting. There are a couple of states that don't have many 
congressional uh, seats. But uh, the person she's potentially replacing was there for like 50 years or so, something like that. Long time. Too long. Uh, so this is a special election, and there's going to be another one here in August to fill this vacant Senate seat, or House of Representatives seat, pardon me. Uh, you know, I'm not a great big old fan of Sarah Palin. Uh, I think she's kind of dumb, to be honest with you. Um, she may have book smarts. She's got a good heart. Um, but when I hear her talk, she just doesn't inspire confidence. Uh, and she's not... She has not polished up since uh, 2008 when she was John McCain's running mate. Um, you know, it was said back then, well, she's not a polished politician. But she held her own in the vice presidential debate. Uh, a lot of people think, a lot of us that are... Uh, have debated, I, I was never on a debate team, but I was in some debates with uh, young Democrats or college Democrats and college Republicans organizations. Um, but those of us that have debated think she, she won the vice presidential debate. Uh, I know when John McCain rolled her out, I was like, man, she's hot. Wow. Uh, stuff like that, and, uh, you know, John McCain was like, oh, she's going to be a maverick, and she's going to get all mavericky, and we're just going to go to Congress, or Washington, and be mavericks, John McCain, what a joke, so, uh, this ABC News article goes on to say, uh, Palin got one step closer to, uh, probably one step closer this weekend, to a return to national politics when she successfully advanced through the crowded statewide primary for the special election for Alaska's lone house seat. ABC News projected Sunday that Palin, who is running as a Republican, made it to the special general race in August along with Nick Beglich and Al Gross. The fourth and final candidate is still to be determined. In a statement on social media, Palin wrote, She was looking forward to the special general election so we can highlight our ideas for fixing the country. You know, this is important because Alaska is one of those places where we should be drilling and fracking. Um, and we need a president, or president, God help us if she's ever president, uh, but people in Congress representing that state uh, and the, the wants and needs of the state of Alaska. 
uh, somebody that can express how people in Alaska feel towards drilling for natural gas and oil and fracking uh, in Alaska. Uh, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Biden, I started to say McCain, I started to call Joe Biden McCain. I, I get my senile old white guys confused. Uh, rest in peace, John McCain, by the way. Uh, but anyways, Biden and before him, Obama were like, oh, we don't want to frack Alaska. We don't want to drill in Alaska. That's pristine, precious, holy soil. No, it's not. They're out there killing poly bears and penguins because they're fracking for natural gas and oil in Alaska. Now, I'm harsh on Sarah Palin. Because I'm harder on my own. She was a sort of hero to the Tea Party, some of them. She was not the head of the Tea Party. I was there from almost the beginning. And there, there was no national Tea Party organization. Later on, you know, bigger politicians and public figures like Sarah Palin and uh, the tw whole 2010 GOP ticket latched on to our coattails. But Sarah Palin was not our leader. Uh, some goofs, including I was a goof my, myself at the time, uh, really liked Sarah Palin. Uh, I've just fallen out of, of love with her. Um, but the thing I, I don't like is the way that the media, the the huggy, the lovable, huggable liberals out there treated her and her family. They were, they, it was downright despicable. There's no other word for it. Uh, you know, Sarah had recently had a child uh, that was, that is, that has Down syndrome, pardon me. And I was working with down syndrome and autistic folks at the time and I was very upset with Donald Trump when he allegedly did the uh, handicap thing making fun of the uh, um, reporter well first of all when you watch more than one second of that Donald Trump clip, you realize that when Trump went like this, that was a one second long edit of a much longer statement. Furthermore, the, uh, the man with cerebral palsy, the reporter, started on Donald Trump. He picked the fight. <laughs> And cerebral palsy is not a mental disorder. It's a neurological disorder. Now, you're, it's still a handicap, but he was not making fun of a mentally challenged person. In fact, he wasn't making fun of anything at all other than the reporter picking a fight with him. 
so I just wanted to check something real quick. But aside from that, the media really did lay into Sarah Palin's Down Syndrome son. Uh, she had a very unorthodox way of carrying her son, which is baby facing forward and her arm around his chest. I never quite got that. Somebody who already had two or three children should know how to carry a baby. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, Sarah's not the brightest bulb in the, the chandelier. Uh, she is, however, 58 years old and single. I don't know if she's ready to mingle. Um, her and her husband, Todd, split up in 2020. I don't think it was any relate uh, any relation to the COVID outbreak, just a quinky dink. Um, but the way that her family was treated, the, the lies, uh, they talked about her daughter Bristol being overweight uh, and I'm sure there's somewhere out there photographs of Sarah Palin pregnant with child. But the media, the the people on The View, God, I can't believe that show's been on that long. Uh, how, how do you people watch that crap? Anyhow, you know, all these pundits and, and bastards on TV, they would say, well, you know, because uh, Bristol looks overweight, looks like she's recently been pregnant. Uh, you know, Bristol disappeared into thin air for a while. All this attack on her family came out after John McCain announced her for uh, his vice presidential running mate. And that was just wrong. And her daughter Bristol did get impregnated by some scumbag, goofy kid that she was dating. And Gris Bristol's lost her baby fat. She's really pretty now. She always was pretty to me, but um, she's grown up to be a, a pretty hottie. <laughs> I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm a ladies' man in my own mind. But they made up lies that this baby with Down syndrome was really Bristol's uh, son, and that because Bristol was so young, it was you know shame to the family that she got pregnant uh, and was a single mom at 17. So they hid Bristol away till she had the baby. I mean, this is really what the media said about people. And of course, you know, then there was well, why does the baby have Down syndrome? Was Sarah drinking? Was she? Was Bristol drinking while she was pregnant? Is the baby Down syndrome because uh, Bristol was so young? This and that. No. What happens is, okay, Todd Palin, Sarah's husband, is a, was over 40. As men get older, so do our chromosomes. So the older you are when you a male impregnates a female, with the only way that pregnancy can occur, I mean, 
let's keep it basic. Men get women pregnant, okay? All right. A man that's over 40, his chromosomes are going to be a little older as well. And the Downs chromosome may have, uh, may be missing. I think that's how they would put it. Or it may be not what it needs to be. I don't have the scientific data in front of me, but I know from working with Down syndrome people and also through Sarah Palin and her husband, that the older a man gets, the more likely he is to produce a child with Down syndrome. All right, long and short of it. And sometimes it just happens, okay? Sometimes Down syndrome just happens. I would take a planet filled with nobody else on it but myself, some puppies, and billions of Down syndrome people over what we have walking and talking and breathing on this earth right now. And you can, you, okay, let's take the earth population except for me. I would split it down the middle, the seven billion whatever we are now, and have three and a half million down or three and a half billion, pardon me, Down syndrome and three and a half billion autistic over some of these sickening bastards. And I'm talking about the smartest of the smart, the ones that are on TV that think they're better than you. The scumbag that called me a no good fat A piece of S because I threw a candy wrapper out my car window. A person with Down syndrome would maybe correct, would have corrected me and say, hey, that's not nice. A person with autism would say, you shouldn't litter. But they wouldn't cuss me out and go out of their way to speed up in traffic and scream out their car window at me like my little peckerhead political enemy friend enemy not friend not even friend of me just a little prick anyways enough about that jerk I didn't even know who that who this guy was when he yelled at me till I saw him and the car that he was in anyhow uh, and I recognized the car and put two and two together I just thought some random maniac was making fun of me for being fat and throwing things out my car window but an autistic or a Downs person wouldn't do that. They're actually more civilized and more loving and caring and in a lot of ways more intelligent than some of the garbage that we got walking this earth that look down at those people. Anyways, uh, we'll probably have Sarah Palin in Congress. Yay, it's another conservative vote. It's another vote for the... Uh, Second Amendment, it's another vote for uh, Christians. Um, I, I just, I don't like this woman or Laura Ingram. Uh, even Judge Janine, or Judge Janine, whatever her last name is on Fox News, I really don't think highly of her. Um, but Lauren 
Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene in a very short amount of time have become polished and intelligent uh, speakers. Sarah Palin, it's been 14 years-ish, 2008 to 2022. I'm not good at math. I never said I was. It's been a while, though, and she's still not a polished politician. They basically, you know, let her go from Fox News, and she starts slipping out of the limelight. Uh, now she'll be back in it. So, anywho, <laughs> I will take a, a quick second here and reboot myself and um, come back and talk about some lies from the White House. Pardon me, from the White House. And then come back and uh, yeah, I'm going to take a break and reset my brain and talk about uh, some White House lies. Scrubbing the guy can't get no love from me. So, uh, this is what I would call a misleading headline before we get too far into things. Associated Press reports mixed results as South Dakota's uh, gnome intervenes in GOP races. Now, that makes it sound like she, like, rigged the election somehow, or she changed votes. So I click on this, and basically, there are some rhino Republicans in South Dakota that she wanted to oust. And so she went and endorsed, um, I think it was 12. She did win the Republican nomination for a second term as governor. Um, and it says many of the candidates she hoped to elect to the state house, however, did not have such a good night. Christine Nome is hot. And she's got some arms on her. This girl definitely works out. <laughs> I know. I have weird attractiveness. Um, but anyways. She had hoped to replace uh, contrarians with personal allies in the Republican-controlled legislature, which has uh, consistently defied her wishes. So the governor rallied behind roughly a dozen candidates who challenged incumbents. Two-thirds of Nome's favorites lost. Um, not everybody is Donald Trump and is going to get like nine out of ten people elected uh, when they endorse. Uh, it goes on to say, you know, it's just, it was a reminder that endorsements often draw attention and financial resources. They do not always translate into support from voters. Um, 
but nonetheless, um, Christy Nome is going to be a, a major player in American politics. Uh, if I would say if um, Ron DeSantis does not run alongside Donald Trump, I think Christy Nome is a good candidate for vice president. And we could have, you know, four more years of Trump and then eight years of uh, Christy Nome. And she's a strong woman that Hillary and some of these other divas wish they could be. Uh, she's well-spoken, intelligent, patriotic American, uh, pro-American energy independence. So... What are good things about Christy Nome from South Dakota? But we will see. Yeah, if Trump doesn't, for some reason, doesn't run in 2024, there are a lot of dream tickets out there for the Republican Party. And I think another dream ticket could be a DeSantis Nome dream ticket. Uh, again, I, I'd put this lady in a vice presidential debate against Kamala any day and watch her destroy Kamala Harris. Anyhow. Hell. Any, never mind. Let's move on. So, uh, I was watching a, I don't know if it's a recent or an old or an in-between uh, episode of the Jimmy Dore show on YouTube. And he brought up this tweet <laughs> uh, about how the Biden administration is still politicizing and using the pandemic, the COVID-19 outbreak as a political talking point. This is as recent as May the 12th, 2022. More than a year and a half since I think the pandemic should have ended. Well, I think about six months into it, the science showed us who was vulnerable and uh, who needed to be protected and things like that. But Lion Biden, whoever runs the White House Twitter account, uh, tweeted on May 12th that before Joe Biden took office, there was no vaccine, even though... <clears throat> Joe Biden had already had his two vaccinations. Remember, it was a double shot vaccine. You had to get two. You had to get two shots of the Trump vaccine that didn't work. On May 13th, they did a minor correction and said that uh, in their previous tweet, we should have said it was not widely available before Joe Biden became president. 
here's a little fact that the media didn't tell you when Trump was president. He put all of the resources you needed to make the vaccine widely available. All the distribution, the pre-ordering of the uh, vaccines, because they they were through their tests, they were through their experiments, it hadn't gotten quite to the phase where it could be released to the public, but it was looking good, so he ordered, a, put, pay, put the money up front, and got a shit ton of these uh, vaccines ready to move them out to the public. Biden and the elderly, well, <laughs> he is elderly, but important people, the, the, the elites in government that are better than us peasants, they got their shots because they were important. Biden, of course, got his after the election. Uh, a couple days after the election, it was announced while Trump was still president, that the Trump vaccine, which does not vaccinate anything, was ready to roll out to the public. Had that information come out a week earlier, you would have had a whole different outcome to that election. But it is what it is. Do, you, do I think that the vaccine companies, Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, held back? Yeah, I think they did. Because they, like everyone else, wanted Trump out. Because before the vaccine, Trump put a hurting on the pharmaceutical companies by putting an executive order out to knock down the price of prescription drugs, specifically things like EpiPens that save the lives of people with uh, uh, allergies to things like bee stings. Um, I don't have time to explain what an EpiPen is. Look it up. But anyways, Trump had Operation Warp Speed in place before Biden was president. Before Inauguration Day on January uh, 20th, 2021, millions of people had gotten the vaccine. Okay? Millions of people had gotten at least one dose. Many people had gotten their double dose. Again, it was rolled out to the most vulnerable first. Uh, I would, I think I was in the second wave of people that were eligible. And I put off getting mine because not long after the first dosages went out, people were getting hit with some pretty nasty side effects. Uh, in this same tweet, the Biden administration talks about unemployment being at its lowest uh, in history, or lowest it's been in a long time. Uh, Trump was a fraction of a point lower than Biden. But uh, they also claim they created 8.3 million jobs. No. <laughs> Since Biden took office, to his dismay, uh, 8.3 million jobs have come back to the economy because we've ended the shutdowns uh, and we've stopped telling people, well, your job is not vital, 
so therefore you have to sit at home and live off of welfare. So jobs have come back, but it's because the economy reopened. Conveniently, a lot of states like New York and California waited until after Trump was gone. But a lot of businesses have not come back. Uh, here's how a better way of summing it up. The real unemployment rate is about 7.1%. Uh, still not too shabby. Uh, but l let me explain the difference between the unemployment rate that gets reported to the media and the real unemployment rate. This is from thebalance.com. Uh, it's a, the article is reviewed by Robert C. Kelly. So this is like a peer reviewed article uh, on economics. The real unemployment rate includes the underemployed, the marginally attached and discouraged workers. So other, in other words, people who have a job, but they can't pay their bills, they live paycheck to paycheck or not even paycheck to paycheck, they might be on some combination of food stamps uh, and have a job, but it doesn't meet the, um, the poverty threshold, so they, uh, they qualify for government assistance, that's underemployment. The marginally attached, I'm not positive on what that is, uh, the discouraged, those are people that have just given up on looking for a job. So maybe they're out, you know, I don't know, selling their kidneys online on the black market. I don't know. Uh, it's you. Okay, so usually much higher than the unemployment rate, which is the rate most often reported in the media. The Bureau of Labor Statistics only counts people without jobs who are included in the labor force for the <clears throat> unemployment rate. They must have looked for a job in the last four weeks to remain in the labor force. So the people that went out, looked for a job, came back to the unemployment office, said, I can't find a job, give me another unemployment check. That is what you see reflected in the unemployment rate in the media. The real unemployment rate is a broader definition of unemployment than the official unemployment rate. The uh, underemployment rate was 7.1% in May of 2022 just up from the rate of 7% seen in April 2022. This only slightly disrupts the overall downward trend that began, began pardon me, in December 2020. It still marks a vast improvement from the 22.9% in April of 2020, which is the closest to the record unemployment rate of 25.6 set in May 1933, the, the middle of the Great Depression. 
the 22.9%. That was when the government told everybody, you're a non-essential worker, you have to be unemployed. So I find it funny that they throw that that number in there. But uh, there's a difference between the unemployment rate and the real unemployment rate. Uh, Joe Biden has not created any jobs. These 8 million jobs are the ones that came back uh, to work after the pandemic. And a lot of people held out until the, pardon me, last possible moment that the government turned off the unemployment welfare spigot to go back to work. For a very long time, you saw companies begging, and there are still places begging for workers. So I don't see where the unemployment rate is that uh, amazingly low, but you better have a job or three uh, in this economy, and I think it's not far from collapse. If gasoline hits $10 a gallon nationally, that unemployment rate's going to spike because nobody's going to be able to afford anything. People aren't going to be able to afford to drive to the stores to get food and groceries. And the prices at the stores are going to go through the roof. You're going to be looking at $10, $20 for a pound of ground beef or something like that, I think. But heaven help us. That's the only hope we have. So, oh, and uh, when I was doing this research about unemployment, real unemployment and underemployment, I almost forgot this fun, interesting fact. Through the entire um, 80s and 90s, when I was coming up, when I was young and growing up, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't know what the hell song that was. Uh... They told us, go to college, go to college, go to college, go, go, go. If you go to college, you'll make more than a person without a college degree. Well, <laughs> slap me silly. December 2021, 41% of recent college graduates are either underemployed or unemployed. Overall, 33% of all college graduates are underemployed. That means when they went out and got their degree in something, just did get a degree, you'll make more money than somebody that doesn't have one. No, they're not. 67% of them are employed, I guess, but... 33% are underemployed. I had a buddy that went to college, um, best friend actually. Uh, he went, <clears throat> it was all paid for because he spent time in the army. He got a degree in psychology, graduated with honors, uh, went on to be a postman, a mailman, letter carrier, whatever you call it. Um, he, he's happy, he loves it, he's fully employed makes good money but some people just went to well he just went to college for fun 
to see what it was like and because it was going to be paid for because of the time he spent in the army. Um, however, a lot of people that went to college on the promise of you'll make more money ain't making any money off their college degree. It's more necessary right now for our economy and our country to find skilled laborers, electricians, welders, plumbers, mechanics. Those people that went to <clears throat> a six month, six month or a year or two uh, of vocational training, they're the ones making the real bank right now. And the people with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, they're SOL. No wonder the Democrats are making a campaign issue of paying off, or pardon me, student loan debt relief, for or student loan forgiveness, or whatever they're calling it. No wonder that's the only thing they can campaign on. They talked us all into going to college and going into debt. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so God bless y'all. Pray for one another. We'll see you next time. Don't be a scrub. Be a... Oh, and no, don't want to time and no. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging up the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Trying to...